Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Let's go into the Word of God. Would you go with me to the book of Jeremiah, the first chapter, and we're going to be reading at the fourth verse. The book of Jeremiah, the first chapter, and we're going to read beginning at the fourth verse. And I'd like to say this just for those that are new watching us online. If you don't know me, my name is Josh, alongside my wife, Joanna. We have the privilege of pastoring Lighthouse Church in North County. It is the best church in the planet. I just believe it so strongly. So, uh, all right, let's go. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4, and it reads as follows. The Lord gave me a message. He said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born... I set you apart. That, that's, that's important there. We're going to keep coming back to that word. I set you apart and appointed you as my spokesman to the world. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you on this simple thought. You were set. You were set. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for what you've already done in our time together. We're so grateful for the worship that was brought to us by Encounter Worship. And now, God, we want to encounter you as we receive what you have for us today. I pray, Father, your word is already anointed and ordained. Would you just open up our hearts and our minds to receive all that you have from us today? Would you, Lord God, allow us to block all the distraction and the noise and to listen in to what you have for us? Because we believe, God, that you are speaking and you have a word for us today. In your precious name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You were set. As I think about the year 2020 that we have now come out of, uh, there was one thing that really stuck out of, you know, stuck out amongst the many other things in 2021 and, and 2020. And, and that is this. 2020 felt like the year of getting stuff done around the house. I think what happened was we're all home. We're all on quarantine. And because we're home, we're seeing things around the house. You know, I'm talking about those projects that didn't get done. That, that project and in the backyard that didn't get done. And that room that didn't quite get get done. And so, you know, even though it was a lot of people having to work from home, my, my cousin and his family, they own and operate a landscape business. And they told me, man, we are, we were busier than we had ever been. And it was because of all those people catching up on their projects. I'd go to Home Depot and I'd see a line. I'm thinking, I don't ever remember seeing a line like this. And I think what it was is people were getting projects done around the house. How many of you at home took on a project? How many of you finished a project? Drop a little emoji if you finished a project back at home. My wife and I, we finished a project back at home as well. We had this one room in the house that we had not yet finished. And, um, you know, being home, we were looking at this room. We thought, we've got to get that room done. So we decided, okay, now's the time. We're going to go and we are going to get that room done. So my wife had all of these ideas for the room, but she was really feeling like, I need some help getting this done. I, I, I need help getting all of my ideas together and bringing some cohesion to this room. She said, Josh, can, can we just get some help? Can we get an interior? 
interior designer to help me with the room. I said, okay, baby, if that's what's going to take, let's get an interior designer. And so we brought her in. She did a phenomenal job helping us finish that room. But here's what I noticed. She didn't just help us find the pieces that we wanted. And, and my wife, she had some of her own ideas that she threw in there. And the designer worked. She said, okay, we're going to pull some of yours, some of mine. But, but I noticed her attention to where she set things. She, she didn't just get that table and, and put it anywhere. It, it was set in a location. The rug, you know, I thought, well, we're going to put the rug in this direction. She said, no, 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 no. The, the, the rug is here. It needs to be set this way. It's got to come off the couch, this distance from the wall. It is set in this location. The mirror, she goes, no, the, the mirror goes here. It, it's, it's set in this location. And, and I learned through all of that that there's a big difference between putting something somewhere and setting something in its place. You, you, you put your keys, you know, somewhere in the house. You don't give it much thought. But, but when you're designing a room, you set things in their place. When, when you're designing a room, things are set with great intention. There's no accidents in where they go. There's a lot of detail. There is purpose and there is intention to where everything is set. There is consequences to where things are are set. And I thought, okay, this is why we got the designer. She's teaching me that you can either place something or you can put something. But, but if you really want to be intentional, you set it somewhere. You, you make sure that it is set in the right location. Now, I thought if this designer used that much detail to get the room set the way that it should be, Look at what God did when he created this world and the heavens and the earth and everything that dwells on the earth. I'm in the one-year Bible reading plan. I love to do that. I love to, to, to go into the Word, and, and I'm reading Genesis 1, and I couldn't help but notice how he put everything in their place. I couldn't help but notice how he set things. If you, if you read Genesis 1, you realize that he, he spoke and things came out of nowhere. He spoke, let there be light, and light had to come. He, he spoke and waters were formed. He, he spoke and the firmament came to be. He, he spoke and, and when he spoke, everything got to its place. But in Genesis chapter 1, verse 14, I want to read this passage of Scripture to you because it, it leaped at me when I looked at it through this lens. It reads as follows, Genesis 1, 14, And God said, Let bright lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. They will be signs to mark off the seasons, the days, and the years. Let their light shine down upon the earth. And it was so. For God made two great, two great lights, the sun and the moon, to shine down upon the earth. The greater one, the sun, presides during the day. The lesser one, the moon, presides through the night. He also made the stars. Watch this now. God set these lights in the heaven to light the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was, that it was good. And all of this happened on the fourth day. Going back to that key verse there, God set these lights in the heavens. He, he set the lights in its place. The, the sun, the moon, its position with the earth, it was all done with great 
attention to detail. The way that the earth is positioned in the solar system, its distance from the sun, none of that's an accident. It was all set on purpose. Where the moon was placed and the stars in the sky, we read in Genesis that it was all set in its place. God is a master designer and there is nothing that was done on accident. He formed everything in the heavens and the earth according to his great detail. Now let me take you back to Jeremiah where we started because not only did he spend all of that time making sure that everything was set in creation. But when you get to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4, you get this insight into how he created man. Because we read in Genesis on the sixth day, he formed man from the dust of the earth. Get, get that imagery, okay? He spoke and the earth was created. He spoke and lights appeared. But, but then the Bible says when he got to man... He formed man. And I just get this imagery of, of God rolling up his sleeves, right? Gathering the dust of the earth. And he wasn't just going to speak, let there be man, but he was going to go ahead and form man. And, and, and there is God forming the first man, Adam. And then the Bible says that after he had finished forming Adam, he, he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. And, and we get this insight into how man is formed. But then we get to Jeremiah and we see an even greater attention to detail when the writer says, God's speaking to him, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. And before you were born, I set you apart. Before you were born, I set you apart. What that lets me know is simply this. You are not an accident. You have a purpose for your life. You were created on purpose for a purpose. Let's say that one more time. You were created by God on purpose for a purpose. I want to apply what God said to Jeremiah to everyone that is watching online right now. You are not watching this broadcast by coincidence. You are not watching this broadcast by accident. That's not the way our God works. He's very intentional in all that he does. And the same way that he told Jeremiah that I formed you, I knew you, and I set you. I'm telling you that is watching at home right now that God has set you. You have a purpose for your life. You are not an accident. You were set by God. God has a great plan for your life. God has a path that he wants to take you down. And if you will listen to him and if you will turn your ear to what he is saying to you and what he wants to do in your life, you will realize that, hey, I am not an accident. I am here on purpose. God has a purpose for my life. That's why it is one of the four values of our church at Lighthouse. The first one is we want for everyone to know God. The second one is we want people to find freedom. And here it is. The third one, we want people to discover their purpose. God has created us on purpose. And everybody has a purpose. And it is our responsibility to discover why we were created. I believe it was the author Mark Twain. He said the two best days in a person's life are the day that they were born and the day that they 
figure out why they were born. And I want to help you get to that place, you that are watching online. I'll, I want you to get to that place where you discover why you were made. Let me tell you another little story about me. You see, my mom and dad tell me the story about how I made my arrival into this world. It's a funny story. You're going to love this. So my older brother James, um, when, when he was born, he was born in 1979, and he makes his arrival into this world. And he blessed James and Lois Herrera, and he just blessed their household. And he was such a bundle of joy, and my parents were so excited to have James home. And then my dad tells me the story about how my mom was visiting her mom, my grandma. And when my dad went to go pick up my mom, my mom comes in the car with tears in her eyes. And my dad's like, what's wrong? Are you okay? And my mom says, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and these weren't tears of joy. <laughs> you got to understand, my older brother was just a few months old. He's 15 months older than me. Three more months to the left and we would have been Mexican twins. If you don't know what I'm talking about, ask somebody. But anyway, we were almost born within a 12-month span of one another. And, and so I was not making my arrival when they hoped that I would come. And it doesn't get any better. Then I realized, then my parents told me that when I was born, I had colic. And so for the first six months of my life, I would not stop crying. So not only did I come into this world uh, at the not-so-convenient time, but when I finally made my arrival, I wouldn't stop crying. It got so bad, my dad told me that my grandma had to come and help my mom out because you got this newborn baby still running around in his diapers, and then you got this other kid that just arrived, and he won't stop crying. And so my mom needed help, and, and that's what it was like in the Herrera household growing up. But, you know, what they did not plan on did not surprise God because God had a plan for my life. I might not have come into this world on their time, but I came in on God's time. God knew that this was the moment that I needed to come into this world. God knew that this was the moment that I should arrive. And, and you know, I look back at that story and, and I love I love telling that story because I have so grasped this thought that, you know what? Because God made me with great intention, I'm going to live my life with great intention. There are way too many people living their life unintentionally. That's a bad place to live from. That's why last week I talked about having a word for the year. I have a word for 2021. The word is increase. I want to be intentional about how I direct my year and what my plans are going to be for the year. Because I made this statement. If you're not living intentionally, then you're living unintentionally. So you need to get this right now. God did not intentionally bring you into this world for you to live unintentionally. Let's say that again. God did not intentionally bring you into this world for you to live unintentionally. When I look back at how I made my arrival, I look back and I see that God was in it all. And all that crying, it's because I was going to be a preacher and God was getting my lungs ready anyway. So none of that's an accident. God knew what he was doing. God had a plan. And I know that I am not an accident. I didn't just come into this world, but I was set in this world. I didn't just come into my family, but I was set in my family. I am not just the second born son to James and Lois, but God set me into that family and that year for such a time as this. You might be saying, Pastor Josh, you really get all that? Absolutely. And I want for you to get that same sort of understanding for your life too. 
Because you can either live with great intention, knowing that you were set by God, or you can start living a defeated life thinking, I just happened to stumble along. I just happened to be here, kind of like the keys around the house. I just put my keys anywhere. I always lose my keys. As a matter of fact, coming up here to record, I couldn't find my keys. I told my wife, I can't find my keys. I'm going to grab your keys. Uh, Because I just put them somewhere. But to be set... There's some intention there. And because there's some intentionality to being set, I want to live my life intentionally. And so we started 2021 with this thought. We want to help everybody reset. That, that, that's been our series. That's where we're taking you through this thought of resetting. Because here's what I think happened in 2020. A lot of you got knocked off course. Many of you, you had a plan for your life, and because of 2020, you were moved from the thing that you were supposed to do. Because of 2020, your marriage isn't where you thought it would be. Because of 2020, your career is not where you thought it would be. Because of 2020, whatever, you fill in the blank. As a matter of fact, if you've ever seen those uh, people commenting on social media, they just say, well, because it's 2020. As if all of these things that are happening, it's okay to just, hey, It's 2020. Hey, it's just a weird year. Hey, it's just like that. But what if in 2021 we said, no, 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 no no more. We are going to be intentional because God has a plan for our life. We are going to live intentionally and we are going to go back to the place that we were set. We are going to reset. We are going to set ourselves back and we are going to set ourselves according to God's plan for our life. Colossians 3.2 says this. It says, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. I'm going to read that again. Set your affection. Another word for that is hope. Set your hope on things above, not on things on the earth. The writer is saying you've got to make sure that you are set on heavenly things, the things that God has planned for you. you got to make sure you are set on God's plans. you need to make sure that you are doing things intentionally because they were God's intentional design for your life. So in this month, I want to reset you. Maybe you got knocked off the shelf you were supposed to be. Let's reset you. Maybe some of those goals fell through. Let's reset you. Maybe there was a dream that got put on hold. Let's reset you. Maybe there was something that you wanted to accomplish, but 2020 messed you up. Let's reset you. Because here's what a reset does. A reset allows us to go back to the things that we were set apart to do. A reset allows us to go back to the things that we were set apart to do. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Maybe you had a bad year. That does not mean that God is done with you. Maybe some hard things came at you in 2020. Maybe you thought that you'd be further along. Maybe you thought there'd be people that are no longer with you anymore. Don't let that stop you from being set on God's plan for your life. And I've come to call you and to tell you that this is a time for you to re- set. Let's get you set back up again. Let's get you doing the things that God had called you. Let's get you back to the place that God has for you. I love January. It's a great opportunity to reset. And that's my prayer for you. And that's my desire as you grab a hold of this word in this year, that you would reset. Go back to those things that God called you to. I'm going to close now. And I want to close with a story to illustrate this once more. And um, there's a story 
you've probably heard about it. And it's a story about a British sprinter by the name of Derek Redmond. Derek Redmond, he, at the time of the 1992 Barcelona Olympics, he was setting records, national records, European records, and now he's on the world stage. This is the Summer Olympics in track and field. You all know the track and field. That's the darling of the Summer Olympics. And uh, this sprinter, Derek Redmond, he's now in the semifinals of the 400-meter sprint. And as the gun goes off and the runners start running, Derek Redmond tragically tears a muscle right in his hamstring, tears it. And if you watch the video, you'll see him in what is really the biggest race of his life, the Olympics. So it's one thing to win national titles and European titles, but the Olympics, you're competing with the best in the world. And as he tears his hamstring, he falls to the ground in agony. And, uh, you know, I think about that for a moment because these Olympic athletes, the, the, the Olympics only come around once every four years. All of their training is set for them to peak at the Olympics. They, 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 they need to get to the Olympics in the best shape of their life to have the best run in their life so that hopefully they can grab one of those three medals. And so he was set up for this moment. It all came down to this sprint. He was favored to win a medal and he tears a hamstring in this race and he falls to the ground and eventually he gets back up. He makes it up in his mind. I, I'm not going to win this race, but I'm going to finish this race. I'm not going to medal, but I didn't come this far. And I didn't set my hopes and desires and dreams to finish this race and not finish this race. So he starts to limp to the finish line. And, and, and some, of the, uh, some of the officiating uh, personnel there were telling him, hey, you don't need to finish this race. But he thought, I didn't come this far to not finish this race and he's limping he's limping towards the finish line and he's he's shrugged off all of the referees he said let me finish my race and then seemingly out of nowhere his father runs he manages to get out of the stands and run onto the track and he gets through security and in what is such a touching moment he comes to the side of his son and he puts his arm around his son and he tells his son you don't have to do this and Derek tells him, yes, I do. I have to finish my race. And the two of them together start walking to the finish line. And his father is there right at his side, willing him to the end. And just before he got to the end of the finish line, he, he lets him go and he hobbles across that finish line to the standing ovation of 65,000 onlookers in that arena. And it's such a beautiful image of how you can reset. Maybe things didn't go your way, but you're not done yet. Maybe it was a rough year, but God's not done with you yet. And just like that athlete's earthly father came to his side to help him finish his race, I'm telling you that are watching online right now that your heavenly father wants to come to your side and he wants to reset you. He wants to get you back on course. He wants to get you back on that track. He wants to help you finish your race. You might be saying, well, Pastor Josh, I mean, I'm young. You're really saying that my race is over? It's not what I'm saying. But I will say this. If you don't do the thing God has called you to do, you'll never be everything that God has created you to be. 
You've got to go back to that design. How you were set up. How you were set apart. You've got to get back to that place. The last thing that I have for you is this. Just because you've been knocked down, it doesn't mean your race is over. Just because things didn't go the way that you thought they'd go, your race is not over. You've been set. God, with great intention and with great purpose and with great design, has set you. Would you walk back into that again? Would you allow yourself to reset everything that's broken, everything that's lost? Would you allow yourself to say, God, I'm willing to come back. I'm willing to be reset again. Let me lead you in a prayer right there where you're at. Father, we thank you for everything that you are speaking to us, even right now in this moment. Father, I I pray that for everyone that is watching online right now, I, I pray that they would just grasp this great truth. That just because we've been knocked down, it does not mean our race is over. And you set us with great intention. And just because we're not where you set us, it does not mean we can't reset. So I pray that you would give us right now, God, the courage, the strength, and the boldness to reset. That we would go back to that place that you've called us to. That we would go back and finish that race that you've called us to run. Father, there is peoples and, and, and there is purpose and there are kingdom initiatives that are waiting for us to reset. Father, right now I pray for Lighthouse Church that you would help us to reset. Just a little under two years ago, we, we set out to reach North County and 2020 has completely changed the way that we've done church. And we didn't anticipate this, but all across our church and across every heart and across every home and across every marriage, would you reset us, God? Would we one more time get set on the purpose that you have for us? Could we one more time set our lives on planting a life-giving church in the North County of San Diego so that the lost would know you, so that the bound would find freedom, so that the confused would find their purpose, and so that ultimately, God, we could go out and make a difference. Would you reset us, God? We say yes to what you have for us, and we are running to your call today. Your precious name we pray. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.